Welcome to Heritage Fellowship's Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged and challenged as we study the Word of God together. Good morning. Morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. It's a good day. Oh, ah, happy Mother's Day to all the moms. It's a great day to celebrate, but you know, every day is a great day to celebrate being a mom. Every day. And sometimes we get a little weary and we might lose the joy of it in just the ongoing, just the repeat of the cycle every day. But there is such joy. And, and it's not even children just in your home. Like, we're moms to more than that, to more people than just the little people in our house. And it is an honor. It's just part of being a follower. You get to mom and you get to father a lot of people. And that is a joy. However, we are going to watch. I got a little Mother's Day video for you. Are we ready with that? Okay, perfect. Um, as we wait, man, 38 hours of labor. That's, I don't understand that. Bless you in that. I hope you're still being blessed in that. Okay, here we go. Here's your video. Oh, can we stop that video before it goes any further? <laughs> hit, hit play on the music first and then the slide. Please. This will all make sense when I oh, am we'll have to start over again. I'm so sorry. It's not his fault. I knew how to like hit the buttons at the right time and it's his first time doing it so it's totally not his fault yeah total grace (laughs) but you're gonna like it this will all make sense when i am older someday i will see that this makes sense one day when i'm old and wise i'll think back and realize that these were all completely normal events (laughs) i'll have all the answers when i'm older (laughs) like why we're in this dark enchanted wood i know in a couple years these will seem like childish fears no i know this isn't bad it's good that's it it isn't bad. It's good. Raise your hand, please, if you have had a kid covered in paint like that, either like paint or drawing paint. Have you had a kid like that? Okay. Or like um, the cutting of the hair. Have you had that? Okay. Um, what about the drawings on the floor? Yep. Okay. I didn't have those until just recently. But now, I have those too. So those pictures mean a great deal to me. Um, And it isn't bad, it's good. That's what, say, it isn't bad, it's good. Okay, now let's all say it. It isn't bad, it's good. Okay, so keep that in your mind as we go through Matthew. Um, We are going to talk about the Canaanite woman, Matthew 15, 21 through 28. I'll be reading from the Passion Translation in just a minute. Don't go there yet. Or you can go there, but don't read yet. Because first, we're going to have a girl talk. Guys, I'm sorry. I don't know what you call it when you do this. I guess you do this with other guy friends. I don't really know. Um, Probably the women in this room, the moms, they know what I mean, but just to all be clear. What it means for me and my house is that um, a daughter has a conversation with only me, that we are in some location that nobody else can see us or hear us, and that we cry. That's girl talk, okay? It isn't bad, it's good, okay? So before we start into Matthew, we have to girl talk, okay? So can I have the daughters come up, please? They're going to help me. All right. 
So I want you, if you would be so brave to be vulnerable and real this morning, raise your hand if you have answered, or I'm sorry, asked these questions before. Roll that out like all the way down that way. Yep. Okay. You two just stand here. All right. So has anybody ever asked the question, why am I here again? Hey, if you don't raise your hands, I'm going to close the laptop and we're going to go back to that song and I will just do my business with Jesus. Okay. Why am I here again? Why can't I ever get past? What am I here for? What am I doing wrong? This is more than just for moms, but we cycle those questions and there's a lot of pressure. So I'm going to introduce you to something today. It's called life. And, okay, these two cuties, they're going to represent, I don't know if, like, non-believers, like, people not following Jesus think in seasons, but when I say that, you know what I mean. We think uh, in seasons, like chunks of life. Well, we're going through this season, now we're going through this season, so these are our seasons. So, going through a season, and then, stay right there, okay, good, and then I go through another season, and I stay right there, okay, and In our flesh, we go, I went through this season, so I learned fill in the blank. Can you see that? Check. And then I go through another season, and I'm like, man, that was really hard, but I learned. So now I get... That's a bad check. It was really weird to write it to the side. Sorry, but this is a check. Okay. Check. I learned. I'm sorry. Let's just flip it around. Okay, that one's better. Okay. So we go through seasons. Now, 100%, I agree with that. We do go through seasons. And we learn very important things through life. But it's in our flesh that we want to put this little check. Learned it. Check. I went through this really hard trial. I learned, check. Do you hear how the pressure and the stress starts coming at you and why we start cycling those questions? Because we think we learned it, check, okay? And that's dangerous. That gives us way too much credit, okay? And we do it over and over. But today I want us to start retraining our brains how we think, retraining our hearts, how we process through difficulties and seasons and challenges, because this is totally like the cultural way to do it, because we're always like trying to get something today. We're trying to get our check. We're trying to pass the test, right? But we're followers, and so it's different for us. It should be different for us. We should be living supernaturally in the kingdom. So really... I hate to say arrogant, but I mean, I've been there. How arrogant of us to think that we're going to go through a season, that we're going to check off something that Jesus is doing in our hearts, and then that's it, right? Because that's not who he is. And if we're supposed to be following him, developing his character, then we don't check off. There's always another level. There's always a deeper level. And so we're going to continually repeat lessons, not because we failed, okay? Not because there was any failure on our part, but because we're being perfected. And I know that moms for sure, plus everyone else, need to grasp that. Because when we, when we go through a season and then the next one sort of feels just like the last one, we think failed, What did I do wrong? Because now I'm here again. I failed. I have to retake the test. And there's stress and there's pressure, and it's all on us to fix it. Is that making sense? Okay. And so we're never at a level of understanding and revelation on anything. Not loving God, not loving others, not trusting him, not in our identity, that we will ever check those boxes off. And that should just bring such relief. That should not condemn, that should not discourage. Rather, it should empower us to always be moving forward because there is joy to be found in the seasons or what we're gonna call today the in-between moments, okay? Now, we have significant moments for sure, 
and we do learn things. But let's, in humility, just recognize that for what the Lord was doing in us, say thank you with humility, moment, a shift in the heart. But there is only one check. It's all the way at the end, right? So your in-between starts from your rebirth into the family of God until you take your last breath all the way down at the end, significant moment, he did this, amen, he's faithful, but no check. And we just keep rolling through the in-between until the end when we realize it's only one box, one life. Did you follow Jesus? That's it. There is no pressure. There's no like standardized testing. There's no like grade, like we're not test takers. We are sons and daughters, but we live, and, and it's so important, our vocabulary, okay? So I don't know if this sounds like, to me, it's a big deal, and I don't know how it's coming across, but like in my house, we will say, thank you for your worship, and there's not been a note played, not a word sung, but it's our vocabulary because it's important that we put value on all that we do, so One of them could have pushed through something really hard in school or how they responded to one another. Thank you for your worship. That was worship. So we shifted our vocabulary to line up with the kingdom way. So so a teacher says, okay, I'm gonna ask you some questions and you answer and you're like, okay, cool. Goes through and you're answering. But if the teacher had said, now I'm gonna give you a test, who gets a pit in their stomach? Anybody? I I would, anybody? (laughs) Immediately, when you hear that word, it's like alarm, right? And And there's just this anxiety and this restlessness that starts happening when we believe that we're test takers. And that's what I want us to start shifting today. We are not test takers. Have you had those significant moments in your life? I mean, I can pinpoint places where the Lord taught me something, but don't check it off like you passed a test. You're just in, in one moment after the other, just strung together, it's called your life, and, and enjoy every moment of it, okay? Jesus is our prize. And the thing is, if we can really think this way, then we can accept whatever comes our way, however many times it comes our way, because we know we're just being perfected. That's what we're here for in the first place, right? So whatever, however, it doesn't matter. But I don't think we really live that way all of the time because we try to check things off, trying to grab hold of who we are and what we're doing here. But we're not going to show up face-to-face with Jesus with a whole bunch of check marks. Look what I learned I learned it all, God. (laughs) It's not gonna impress him, okay? He's not gonna look at your list and your check marks. He's going to look at your eyes and your heart and he's gonna recognize you because you either walked with him and found the joy in being perfected and he will know you and and accept you or, or he won't recognize you. Like, that's how it works. That's the truth of it. And we have got to lay down these boxes and the check marks. Thank you, ladies, so much. So let's just take the pressure off today and let's stop feeling discouragement and shame when we find ourselves just in another moment As a follower, what are we here for if not for that, right? So let's look at the Canaanite woman with that way of thinking and and looking at life and looking at trials. Let's read about her. And again, this is the Passion um, Translation. Then Jesus left and went north into the non-Jewish region of Lebanon, He encountered there a Canaanite woman who screamed at him, Lord, son of David, show mercy to me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. But Jesus never answered her. So his disciples said to him, why do you ignore this woman who is crying out to us? 
Jesus said, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and bowed down before him and said, Lord, help me. And Jesus responded, it's not right for a man to take bread from his children and throw it out to the dogs. You're right, Lord, she replied, but even puppies get to eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. And then Jesus answered her, dear woman, your faith is strong. What you desire will be done for you. And at that very moment, her daughter was instantly set free from demonic torment. As we go through this, we're going to um, just jot down some things, uh, some examples that this woman is setting for us. Um, So to start with, think about where we just were, where Jesus just was, with a whole bunch of people that thought they had checked off a whole lot of boxes and that they knew pretty much everything there was and they should have known the Messiah, but here he was standing in front of them and really they're just judgmental and critical and offended. Are we judgmental, critical, and offend easily? Then we have been checking boxes. So he just left the religious leaders, and then here's this woman. She's not a Jew, no boxes. She doesn't even know about checking things off. She's beneath them. She would have never sought out a Jewish healer. And don't you wonder what all she had tried? We're going to ask a lot of questions today, by the way. As a mom, when you think about your child suffering, wouldn't you try anything, everything, she probably exhausted all of her options, medicines and teas and essential oils and um, prayers and rituals and sacrifices. I don't know, but you know she probably tried anything. She had a daughter. How old was the daughter? I don't know. I couldn't find anything about it. How many years had this woman been searching for a cure to help her? Did Did the woman think that somehow she was responsible? I don't know. Did this child, was she born with this spirit? I don't know. Did the woman think that something that she did in her life brought this on to her daughter and so she always felt the guilt of that, felt like it should have been her but now her daughter's suffering? I don't know. But isn't it great to think about these kinds of questions? Because this is a real person. She had some kind of story up until this point. And we don't know all the details, which should maybe also let us know we don't have to know all the details. But the example she set for us was that she carried another's burden. I mean, she didn't have to. Probably back then, I mean, there was like colonies for everything, like lepers and all, I mean, outcasts. She could have just maybe tossed her aside, had nothing to do with her, was embarrassed by her perhaps. Maybe she was frustrated with the daughter because maybe it was her daughter who brought this on herself and she told her not to do whatever it was and then here she is. But she chose to stay close even when it was really messy and she carried someone else's burden. She shouldered that. And we're to do that in the body of Christ, but how much harder, which is crazy to think of, but as a parent, how much harder even to do that all the time with your kids? We forget that they're little people. What are they going through? What are they struggling with? Do you carry that with them, not for them, with them? And that's what she did. And then one day she hears about Jesus. I mean, did someone tell her directly because they they knew Jesus could do miracles and they knew what her daughter was going through, so they came and they told her, or maybe she just overheard some people and she's like, what are they saying? Okay, is there another option? Maybe they were talking about him feeding thousands of people. Maybe they were talking about how he's offending all the religious leaders, and maybe that gave her hope. (laughs) If he doesn't like those people who are supposed to be on his side, maybe he'll talk to me. Maybe he'll help me. I don't know. But however she heard it, something grabbed the attention of her heart. Something caught her, and she had a choice to make. 
right? And, and she lived in a town where, oh, okay, I meant to ask my dad this question. Do you know if this is the town where the worship of Baal started? Like, I read that, and I was like, man, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but if you know, do you know? Oh, shucks, I'm so sorry. Um, I know, they're not here. Okay, let's just, let's, because I read it in several places, so let's say it is true. So you can, I'm just saying, you can imagine the culture there, right? That's my point. (laughs) So... So other gods and who knows what they did. I mean, so let just picture that for a minute. And then she hears about Jesus. Okay. And so then all her questions start because she's got a choice to make now. I mean, who, who were her friends, her family? How is this choice going to affect her daily life, her business? Should she go or not go? What if she had ended up saying there's no way? <laughs> it's, it might be an option. I'm not sure, but it is too much to ask of me. I've done all that I can for my daughter and, and nothing has worked. I've tried everything, right? How would I be treated after this? What will people think? Will Jesus even talk to me? If he does, would he even consider doing what I'm going to ask him to do? It isn't worth it. And it's in that kind of moment with those very real questions that this woman, like, I can't imagine that this woman felt what it's like for the Holy Spirit to like activate faith for the first time. And she probably had no idea what was going on, but she trusted it. And she believed the stirring that was happening inside of her. Her faith was activated. You know, because without faith, like real true faith, I don't think she would have ever made it all the way to Jesus. I don't think she would have been able to silence like all those questions and the fear and that pit in her stomach. I just, because she could not have done it in her own strength. So she had faith and then she like sees her daughter and she shows the worth of someone else. And I think these are out of order. That's okay. She shows the worth of someone else. So again, for everyone, but for moms, think about your children. This woman, her choice to go to Jesus did not create or place or produce the daughter's worth. We like to take credit for things when we do really great gestures and we seem selfless, right? Man, oh, did you, that mom put so much worth on her child to do such and such. That child had all that worth, whether that mom ever had the faith to do whatever it was or say whatever, it was there in that child because our children are sons and daughters too. Sons and daughters of Abba Father. Sometimes we forget it, but God never forgets it. And so I will say it again, the woman's choice to go to Jesus did not create the daughter's worth. The daughter had worth. This woman all of a sudden feels something weird like, okay, she probably, I don't know if she could call it faith, but that's what it was. And then Jesus just used the worth he already placed on the daughter to confirm to her, go, go to Jesus, do something crazy, be bold, have faith. And she went, yeah, I can't do this on my own but I'm feeling something, the Holy Spirit was working in her, and I see your worth. I'm not giving it to you by going, but I see your worth, and I'm gonna go. So with that faith, she made the decision, and all of a sudden, she found herself searching, finally, for the right thing, which is Jesus, no matter what it is that you're looking for. So I will just say that if you are searching for love, to be loved, you, you will not find it. If you 
are looking for peace and purpose and you're searching for peace and purpose, you won't find it. If you're searching for who you are and your identity, you won't find it searching for yourself and your identity. You will only find those things when you realize that who Christ is and the overflow of who he is, he has everything you need. He has every bit of the peace that you need to walk through what you're walking through. He has every bit of the courage you need to stay in the season you're in and see it through. He has who he made you to be. He has every bit of your plan in his heart. And if you'll search after the right thing and search after him, then you will find all that you need. Okay. And that's what this woman is finally realizing. And so she decides to go. She's like, it's not about me. She was submitted to the process and her faith started producing fruit. It couldn't help it. So here comes the courage to find Jesus. And it did not mean that all of a sudden, all the fear and all the questions just left her. They're still lingering there. It just meant all of a sudden she didn't have to be controlled by those things because somehow she could sense the Holy Spirit already claiming her for himself. And so she could submit to that instead of submitting to the questions and to the fear. Okay, but let's ask some more questions. Don't you wonder, like, has anybody met someone famous? Who? Okay, I can't hear you. Dolly Parton, that's cool. Like, did you talk to her? Has anybody met someone famous that you actually talked to? Oh, oh, that's right, you did. Are you talking about Michael W. Smith? Okay, so he actually drove Michael W. Smith. However, it doesn't apply to you because you were, like, in the front talking or driving So I don't know that that one works. Okay, what about you? (laughs) Who? Well, you'll see in just a second. Dick Clark. Clark. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Did you talk to him? Did you practice what you were going to say? Ah. Okay, somebody else. Who did you meet? Tom Selleck? (laughs) Who? Okay, and you talked to him? You're a guy, though, so I don't know. Did you practice what you were going to say? No. Well, that's cool. What about you? Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. I know that one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Um, Did you practice what you were going to say? Okay, she did. Finally. Um, Okay. So typically when we're like going to meet someone like, oh, that you've heard so much about and they're really famous, you practice what you're going to say. Oh, actually, I'll just tell on my daughter, Hannah practices what she's going to say to me. Yeah. Well, like just when she knows she's about girl talk, she practices how she's going to start that with me. Um, I don't know actually that I should have said that because I don't know how that makes me sound as mom. (laughs) I've always was really funny, but now I think, I don't know, we should maybe girl talk about that, why you do that. <laughs> so we practice what we're going to say. Don't you think that this woman, even though by faith she's got this courage and she's like finding Jesus, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm about to throw up. What? How am I going to start this? Like, okay, excuse me? Like, Jesus? Like, are you Jesus or are, are you Jesus? I mean, she's never seen it before, right? Uh, excuse me, like, I know you don't really need to talk to me, you, not, but not normally you wouldn't, but like, could I ask you a question? I mean, she could, oh, Jesus, you know, I, I'm, I've worshiped these other gods, but that's just because I hadn't heard about you yet, but I did, and, and, and I believe that you're the king, and so would you accept me into your kingdom? Oh, oh, and um, I'm actually here because of my daughter. Like, like she could have practiced like all these, but she, she didn't. She didn't start like that. She just went straight for the truth, straight into what her faith was producing in her was to believe that who she had heard Jesus was, that that's who he was, right? And so her faith got her to this place but it just kept on working and she was able to walk in humility. 
Remember how she starts is, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, Jesus, I seat you in your rightful place. You are the king. Her declaration, her words had everything to do with who Jesus was and her posture had everything to do with who she was. Listen, I mean, she knew her life before that. People don't need to be reminded. It's something Brother Leon always said. People don't need to be reminded and bring back up all the bad choices they've made, all the wrong lifestyles they've led. They know that. They do, however, need to know that there is nothing, no thing that can separate them from the love of God. And somehow her heart knew that and she found herself right there, no distance. Jesus and her, she didn't need a lot of words. She just needed the right posture. And that was declaring who he was and humbling herself, submitting herself, coming under his lordship. How often do we do our seasons, our in-between moments like that? I think we come with a lot of words. I don't know about you guys, but I know that the women, the moms, we come with a lot of words. Whatever your words are, he knows it. Just go for the truth. Declare who he is. Let the posture of your heart be humble and surrendered. Because I love that she did not say a word about her past. She didn't feel like she needed to introduce herself, okay? This woman knew the truth. And by faith, she recognized Jesus for who he was, which is more than the religious leaders were doing at the time. And you think, man, she's checking boxes. She's done everything right. So here comes like the amazing Jesus, right? Here comes the miracle, like she's steadfast, and here it comes, and you see, but Jesus, and you're thinking of all the testimonies where you've said, but Jesus, and, and then he came through for you, and then here she hears, but Jesus never answered her. What if you knew that the silence that you're experiencing right now was because Jesus wasn't speaking to you? Just pause for a minute and think about that. What if you knew the trial, the in-between, the difficulty you're experiencing right now was because Jesus brought it? I completely believe that anything the enemy sets up for us that he works for good, 100%. Please don't hear me say anything against that. It's just not what we're talking about today. It's not where this woman is with Jesus in in her moment. Because we feel all sorts of like warm fuzzies in our heart when we think about how when the enemy plans something for us, God turns it for our good. But what if the plan you're walking through, Jesus actually planned it? Do you hear the difference in that? Do you hear the difference in that? So you can't use, oh, the enemy's really coming after me. And again, don't hear that. I don't think that happens sometimes. We're just focusing in on this in-between moment. So you can't use, the enemy's really after me, he's really testing me, don't use that word again. But I know God will use it for good. You don't have that anymore, so wipe it from your brain. And think about how you would feel. You're not, whatever you're asking for, you're not hearing it right now, perhaps, because not, the enemy doesn't have his hands over your ears, keeping you from it. Jesus is not speaking it to you right now. It's not bad. It's good. Okay? How would you feel? Would your faith feel shaken? Would you wait for his voice? That's really hard for me, I'll be honest. I really need to hear something. I really need Jesus to get on my timeline. I got things to do, plans to make. 
And I, you start, and like, okay, I'm going to just have to decide. Like, would you wait for his voice, for his leading, his directing? Or we go the side of like, no. We live in anxiety and stress. Would we feel the same way about him if we knew that all of our difficulties perhaps were not all just from the enemy? Would we feel the same way or would we begin to resent him, question him? Would we still have a reason to praise? Man, that song's so good. He's the king. And in that difficult moment, would we have a reason to praise? This woman's in-between moment, it's like this hang time. You ever have seen like a dancer do a jump and it looks for just a second like they're like suspended, like they're hanging in the air. That's kind of what these in-between moments feel like. And hers just keeps getting more difficult. And what if her faith had given out? Which if it had, I would argue that she didn't have true faith. Because her declaration could have changed and she could have started down like the road of anger, rejection. Lord, you are not who I heard about. I heard you were kind. I heard you were loving. And here you are. You're just ignoring me. How, how rude. You're the hypocrite. She could have done that. Do you realize that? I mean, it does not feel good when, when someone totally ignores you, let alone wherever they were with however many people. So, I mean, the disciples are there and they're getting flustered and tiring of her persistence. But she stays the same. But it's because we take silence as rejection. Anybody done that before? We take silence as rejection or denial. We start feeling devalued. Well, if he really valued me, and we do this with people too, not just God. If he really valued me, then he would speak to me. All of a sudden, we're the ones working our life, and Jesus is supposed to come under what we think, and that is just a lie. We feel like we're unloved and unseen, and that's how we start cycling those questions again, and we end up right, it it feels like the exact same spot we were just in six months ago. And then we think we failed, and then there we are, just cycling through, losing the joy, And that's because we have been checking off boxes that were not meant to be checked, and there is joy to be found in the deepening process. And that can only happen in those in-between moments. It's where our faith is built and strengthened. It's where our character is proven. These things that we go through were never meant to define us, but, but rather prove what's in there. Draw it out, but not define us. And I will say, again, especially to the mothers, Jesus is never disappointed in us when we reach this moment again. He's never disappointed because he doesn't see it as like failed, past, retake. He sees it as just life. He is never disappointed. Really, He is thrilled because that's what you're here for, to be perfected. It's him asking, will you let me perfect you? So just walk through those moments with Jesus. Because if our faith can't be activated in that kind of moment, in that kind of season, in that kind of pressing and crushing and difficulty, then it is not faith. That is so hard because we want faith so badly, but when it's time and we enter this season, it's gonna reveal to us where we are and we've got it or we've got religion. It's, it's one or the other. You cannot have both. 
And if it's religion, then we're just acting. We've got a mask on. I love Revelations 3, 19 through 20. All those I dearly love, I unmask and train. So repent and be eager to pursue what's right. Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. And if you are open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come in to you and I will feast with you and you will feast with me. Guys, that's what was working in this woman's heart. He was unmasking and he was claiming her and he was calling her. Um, He knew that she was coming. He was not surprised. He did not um, decide, uh, well, I'm not going to like this one and I'm going to ignore her and then I'm going to have to teach the disciples, but then my might be changed. He had the whole thing. He knows. So this is working in her. And by faith, man, it didn't matter that she found herself ignored. It didn't matter to her what the disciples were saying. And then Jesus says something, and he calls her a dog, like a little pet dog, places her way down there in the household. So she's met with another moment, not because of failure on her part, Do you think that up until this moment, she's failed in any way? No. Do you think that? Okay, I'll say no. I don't think that. I've seen her stand and stand and stand and stand and be crushed over and over and over when when her declaration could have changed and her posture could have changed. It did not. So she's not at this moment where Jesus is kind of sort of calling her a dog Because she failed anything, but she submitted to the process of being perfected. That's it. And that's not bad. It's good. But the test-taking mentality, that format causes us to think that when we're there again, as if we're going to at some point stop taking tests in our life, right? It's not bad. It's good. And her character is being proven. But on the outside, it does look like rejection. It does look like denial. It looks like, man, heartbreak. And we hear what Jesus is saying. You're like, oh, and you start questioning a little bit. Is this the Jesus that I know? Yes, it is. But you start wondering, the more you read down, oh, is she going to bounce back this time? Oh, what about this time? Is she going to make it? And yes, she does. Her faith is so strong. She knew that Jesus was still the man that he claimed he was. She knew that he was still the one who brought miracles. She believed completely that he was the king, that he could heal her daughter. And what she was facing in this moment did not change that. Her faith continued to be crushed And it kept producing. And then resiliency, it just comes out. She's so resilient. Her declaration never changed. Because even after he says, you know, it's not right for a man to take bread from his children and throw it to the dogs. You're right, Lord. You're right. I seat you in your rightful place as king. And I am coming under. I am submitted, surrendered. She says, I'll take the crumbs. I think she did hear about him feeding thousands of people for basically nothing and having like 12 baskets left over. I think she heard of that. And her faith was so activated and she just went, Lord, like, I will take the crumbs. That's enough because it's from you, who you are, your character. Like there's an abundance and overflow with who God says he is. And if it's just the crumbs, God, that'll be enough. It'll be enough whatever you're going through right now. Let your faith be activated that you would come under his lordship. Whatever he's asking you to walk through because he planned it for you to be perfected. And that whatever he gives you, you say, God, I trust you. It's enough because it's from you. 
That's what he is calling us as his followers to be like, to live like. So don't leave the crushing, okay? Don't leave too early. Don't, I know it is so hard, but don't leave. Let him perfect you. Find the joy in it. Find the joy in what God has planned for you. And you know, the other thing that I really love is that her heart is so pure. You know, she didn't need somebody to lose so that she could win. Moms, we don't need some other mom to lose so that we can win. She didn't need Jesus to stop feeding the children, to stop healing the Jewish people. She didn't need that. So pure, so humble. And trial after trial in that hang time. But she wasn't there to check a box. She was there to find a savior and she did. And he saw her faith. Because, I mean, don't you wonder sometimes when we're going through things, you, we really do start questioning, does Jesus see me right now? Surely he doesn't, because if he did, he wouldn't allow such and such. It's so easy to cycle those questions. Oh, he sees you every moment, every single moment. And what he has planned for you is to be perfected, not for your happiness not for your comfort, but it's to be perfected. So she finally hears, dear woman, your faith is strong. You know, I kind of see him like, um, I'll use Ben now since I couldn't use you earlier. Like if Ben's like really excited about something or something great just happened, he does this thing like, I made the, cause I can't do it. Like he snaps. It's, can someone else do that? Can you do it? So they can know what I'm saying, I'm not crazy. Oh, Ooh, that's good. Oh, I heard it from here. Can y'all hear it? He gets really excited. He's like, oh, man. Like, that's what I feel like. Jesus has known all along what the plan was for, for this woman and her daughter. And then he's like, oh, she has stood and she stood and she stayed submitted. And it's probably like, keep a straight face. Don't tell her yet. Don't tell her yet, man. But I just see him like, as soon as like, okay, and wait, did I say test? I didn't, did I? Okay, my bad. In my head, I thought I just said something about her taking a test and she did not take a test. She walked through an in-between moment, praise Jesus, and had a significant moment with Jesus and he knew all along, okay? And he's like, Yes, okay, break the face. I'm so gonna heal your daughter and I've known all along and I'm so proud of you and I've walked with you and I've seen you and you took it all. Oh, you have great faith. It's like, snap. That's how I see it. I totally see him like putting on because, because that's who Jesus is. Man, he is so good no matter what we're facing. Just don't leave the crushing too soon. So your faith is strong and her daughter was set free. And then can we please note that her daughter was not even there. And I don't know about you, but if I were this woman, this mother, and I had the daughter in this situation and I heard Jesus was coming to town, I would have puzzle piece the heck out of it like, okay, what time, what's the rumor? What time is he coming? Where is he going? Do I need to wait till he gets where he's going? Do I need to meet him on the road? Is my daughter gonna walk? I don't know if she could walk. Maybe she could. Do I need someone strong enough to carry her? Do I need a cart? Okay, I would have just, because I work. I work at it. And we missed that one. That was out of order. The don't work, receive. That faith that she's operating in, she did not work for it. She received it by the Holy Spirit. We do not work for it, for our faith. We receive it. It is nothing in our own strength, in our own power, but everything by the Holy Spirit. So stop working. Just receive. We do that with the posture she took, declaring who he is, having a submitted, humble life, 
trusting him, and she received that faith. So I would have puzzled peace, but she didn't. And then I think, okay, even, even if it crossed my mind, okay, maybe let's not take my daughter. I think the next thing I would have done was like go through the house and find like a cloth or something and go to Jesus and Jesus, you know, would you touch this cloth or pray over this cloth so I can take it back and it will heal my daughter. I would have done something. I would have worked or payment. Jesus, here's all I have, and and can I have something of yours that I can take back that would heal my daughter? And so this woman going empty-handed, like totally, she quit striving, she quit working, she quit trying to be the one to fix, she goes empty-handed, and it is a total, total picture of a life like trusting. A total picture of a life submitted, trusting that he was going to do whatever he was going to do, and, and I trust him with my life and my daughter's life, and, and I'm not taking anything. What an example. Do we go to Jesus empty-handed? And that's not bad. That's good. And it's really hard for us, especially women, daughters, to go to Jesus when you think you're empty-handed, when you think you're supposed to live up to something and bring him something. He just wants you. To go back to that girl talk story, um, I, I had had a talk. Normally, the Holy Spirit kind of spreads these out for me, but on this particular day, last Wednesday, I was headed home and and I realized, okay, we're about to pull in the driveway, and whether or not we, like, said we're going to do it, we're, we're starting girl talk right now. And so we start talking, and, like, I turn the car off. I don't know why, because it was hot. And then we talk for a long time, and I still don't turn it back on for us to have air. We just decide to open the doors, because we're crying and talking, and it was really good. And then... Um, we finish, and we're going inside, and I open the door, and I see another girl coming down the hall, and she says, now, I don't know if this is the right time. I'm like, just come on. I just did. It's fine, okay? And so we go have girl talk on the swing, and so we finish that. It's all good. Tears again, and I'm like, okay, now I'm done, because Wednesday, I was really supposed to, like, study, and I was supposed to get, like, I was supposed to check it off my list. Check. Learned all about the Canaanite woman. Nothing else to learn, Lord. Uh, So far, I hadn't gotten to it because of all the girl talk, and so I finished the second one, and we're getting up off the swing, and I hear the door open, and there's another little daughter, and are you done yet? And I said, yes, and so I start coming in, and she said, oh, well, it's my turn. (laughs) Oh, you know what? Just let's do it get them all in one day. Maybe that's better that way instead of spread out. And so she comes and um, so we sit back down on the swing and she's sitting there just keep her little posture. And I'm looking at her like, I really need to study. (laughs) Those are really good moments. That was such a moment to learn the heart of Jesus towards his daughter's. And she sat there, and I kept waiting. So I finally said, okay, what do you got for me? Oh, I don't know. I just wanted my turn with you. She just wanted her turn. Guys, that should be our heart's posture with our Heavenly Father. When it is so hard to talk to Him, and you are going through really hard and really difficult things and and really deep questions that are just shaking you. Look for the right thing. Go find him. Sit with him. Lord, I just want my time with you. And go to that place empty-handed. She did not have a lot of words for me. It's just very unusual, no words, just one at the time. 
That's where we find all we need. And this Canaanite woman has shown us over and over by her example. There is always joy to be found in perfecting. There is always a reason to praise. Let's seat ourselves next to Christ and be humbled and surrender to him. So what are our our words in the season we're going through? What are we saying? What are we declaring? What's our posture? When we step back and look at our life, what do we see our faith producing? Maybe courage, like this woman has shown us. Maybe humility, maybe resiliency, maybe something else, maybe nothing. And that freaks you out. It's not bad, it's good recognize it, and move forward. It's a good place to be. Stop living condemned or embarrassed by anything, right? This is life. It's what we're here for, these in-between moments. And if we will just start searching for the right thing, then he will ignite our faith. And without working, just through submission, we won't be able to stop faith-producing Christ's character in us. We won't be able to stop it. And we will live in supernatural resiliency. Worship team, why don't y'all come back? We're going to just process a little bit and ask some more questions. I told you we're going to ask a lot of questions this morning. Because I think for most of us, we do cycle those questions. We do go through in-betweens where it's silent. We do struggle with rejection, unseen, unloved. I think we do all of that. And moms, the best thing that we can do for our motherhood is to walk in our identity as a daughter. Um, I'm all for amazing books on lots of topics and motherhood, including. Kara has a great one. What a resource. The word she shares, it is so great. But she would not mind me saying this because she would agree with it. The best thing that you can do is just read the word. The best thing you can do for your motherhood is figure out who you are as a daughter because from there flows everything else. Who are you as a daughter and son? And if you don't know, it's okay. It's not bad. It's good. You're in a good place. Let's just move forward. Let's get rid of the check boxes. Recognize significant moments where he's taught you something and take that as a tool and keep moving to the next season. He is here with us and he wants to perfect us so that at the end, at the end, not here, but at the end, we see him and he knows us. Gosh, don't you just want to see his face one day? So walk with him here. Do you feel restless? Man. I have had my years of being restless. And there is no way that, seriously, that even now I'm going to check that box off, figured out that, no more anxiety for me, no more this restless thing. Man, God is so good. And, And I'm working on being a daughter and that's helping me find peace in these continual lessons that I go through and I have stopped going. I failed. And so I'm here again. What did I do wrong? Why am I here again? I didn't fail. Some of you need to say that to your inner spirit today. You did not fail anything. You are here because you're being perfected by a God who loves you and he wants to know you. And at the end of your life, he wants to embrace you and call you his own. And so he calls you his own right now. Know him. 
let go of the stress and this test taking come into freedom by faith let him activate your faith if you are feeling restless then take jesus at his word because living a life that is just all the time just agitated inside it's i mean normally it's there because we're battling what we think against the truth i mean i don't even know why we do that or it makes no sense when you really start talking it out why would we do that but we do and we've got to get out of our head and we've got whoever he is who he, who his word says he is believe it and and who this says i am believe it do not give it's kind of like when the when those lies start coming back to you you just go like like that's not even an option like why do we even give him time like to do that just it's not an option i know who god is i know who i am what he says believe him take him at his word do you break easily then you've been checking boxes and from season to season your declaration has changed and your heart posture has changed and it has caused you to become fragile there is no condemnation in this at all but it's caused you to be fragile you can be shaken easily right you break easily you're cycling those questions never tire in your praise ever 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 i could just say that the rest of the time never tire in your praise walk through the in between moments with your declaration all about Christ and your posture showing who you are to him and whether you realized it just now that maybe yeah i'm going to answer yeah i feel restless and i break easily you may not have even known that before this moment and that's okay maybe you have known it and you're just putting it off and you're just putting it off either way it's not bad it's good so let's move forward let your faith be activated let it produce courage in you get up where you are get up man i love that song get up and praise the lord you have a lion in there because you have the lion of the tribe of judah in there so let him ignite your faith never tire in your praise and he will produce supernaturally just this resilient this this steadiness do you try to fix people do you try to fix people i'm going to tell you a secret they don't need you to We carry that a lot and carrying another's burden and shouldering that with them is different than trying to fix them. They do however need you to take them to Jesus. Again, it's not what you think though. Remember the example this woman said, she took her daughter to Jesus not by taking her daughter to Jesus. she took her daughter to Jesus by going to Jesus herself. That is the best thing we can do for those we love. Moms, the best thing we can do for our children is to go to Jesus ourselves. Live there. Live life in the spirit so that you're there and when he wants you to say something or do something that will cause faith to come up inside of you, you'll be right there to hear what it is. Yes, that's where I want to be. I don't need to be over here trying to fix my children. Just take him to Jesus. Go to Jesus yourself. Do you try to find yourself more than you try to find Jesus? 
What are you looking for? What are you looking for that He cannot give you? I mean, where we're going to go in worship in a moment, like maybe write that down. You need to get it out and get it into the light. What are you looking for that you have thought He cannot give you? Bring it out. Find joy in being perfected. There are no more boxes, no more tests, no more pressure, no more pit in your stomach, no more questions of what have I done wrong? Why am I here again? Man, Jesus, whatever, however many times, I am open, my heart is ready to receive you. It doesn't matter, because I wanna be perfected. So find the joy in that. So we live life in the in-between that is not bad, it's good. Please remember that. We're always being perfected. Please remember that is not bad, it's good. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Please join us online at heritagefellowship.us or in person in Jefferson City, Tennessee as we encounter God, touch lives, and impact nations.